What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions and all things business. Today, sitting across the way, I have Mr. William Bridwell of The Blue Room, as well as Airbound Entertainment. William, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, brother. I've been wanting to do this show for a while, but we see each other kind of like passing through town. No but doubt, no doubt. And I've always said, hey, I got to bring you on the show. And I'm so happy that you're finally here. Welcome. Glad to be here, man. Um, admire everything that you do. And uh, happy to be a small part of it. No, big part of it. We got we got some stuff coming. <laughs> In the works. So uh, let's talk about what it is that you do. Um, you know, I think that where everything really started out at was really uh, Airbound Entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, we met m many years ago, kind of with that with that project. And uh, what is Airbound Entertainment? So Airbound has has become more of an umbrella for um, you know kind of all the hats that I wear. Um, it started off as um, just the entity that I use to book um, bands, uh, solo acts. Um, then I got into booking for venues. Uh, shout out Dingus McGee's uh, okay. was the first first venue that I booked for. Um, and, and then it just kind of spiraled into anything that I got into from that point forward. Uh, so Greek Life Events has been kind of my bread and butter. Um, you know, since 2015, 2016. Okay. Um, and then I got into promoting shows, um, you know, so it, it's just kind of a, a conglomerate of, of all the things that I am involved with entertainment-wise. Fantastic. And let's touch on Blue Room for kind of like people, the audience that doesn't know what Blue Room is. I don't know. If you're in Statesboro, you don't know what Blue Room is. That's completely wild, but... Uh, what uh, is possible. Blue Room? Um, so the Blue Room is a uh, is a, a music venue, a bar um, located right across from Paulson Stadium. Um, used to be South City Tavern, uh, the Borough, right before um, right before we took over, um, purchased the Blue Room from the Borough in twenty eighteen, May of twenty eighteen. Um, we uh, busted it for for three three and a half months um, and opened up August 2018, mm -hmm. um, and it's just it's really wild, mind blowing. You know the the level of success that the Blue Room has had. So yeah, that's, that's so excited to talk about this because you know entertainment is something that I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are interested in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, budding entrepreneurs they have an interest in you know booking venues, booking music, so forth and so on. So I'm so fascinated with this you know uh, podcast. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about you know I think the initial one was Airbound, right? Mm -hmm. How how did you kind of get started in that realm? Did you do you have a music background? So um, yeah, you're you're looking at so I grew up in Birmingham. Alabama. Um, I lived in a suburb, Hoover. Um, went to Hoover High School 
You're looking at Hoover High School's uh, senior most musical vocal. Right oh, wow. Here. Yeah, I know. No no, I no know. wonder you were checking the mic earlier. Yeah, mic yeah. check one. <laughs> so I, I gave up the the singing. Do you still sing? No, no. Oh, no. come on. No. We got to get you on a track. No, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the behind the scenes, uh-huh. you know, work. What, um, what did you sing back in the day? Uh, like I was a tenor. Okay. I, was, I, was, I mean, I was in, you know, I was in, it was like Chorus. more choral okay. background. Okay, very nice. Yeah, yeah, throughout high school and whatnot. Okay. Um, but when I got to, so I went to Alabama. Um, I had buddies who, you know, were playing, you know, solo acoustic, duo acoustic uh, type stuff at bars in Tuscaloosa. Um, you know, and, and a couple of them were like, you know, I, I just want to play, yeah. you know, and, and I don't have a business background. They're not, you know, some musicians are a little more reserved and, you know. um, They're all about the art. Yeah. Because art and business, there's a difference between the two. 100%. And, you know, I think uh, it's something that I always kind of, you know, had a knack for sales and, um, you know, talking to people and networking. Um, You know, so in a small way, that's kind of like where it started. you know, just booking my buddies, you know, for, for a couple hundred bucks and, um, you know, and that's kind of where I'll back up and in, in high school, you know, they ask you what you want to do, you know, in life, sure. you know, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point in a project or something, I, I'd, I'd referenced three goals in life, uh, which was, I wanted to work in the music business. Um, I wanted to own a venue and I wanted to have a recording studio someday. Ooh. You know, um, so two of them are two of them. So are yeah, the, when's yeah. the recording studio I coming know, in? Right? <laughs> yeah, now now actually understanding you know uh, the millions of dollars sure. to the, you know of capital that would need to go into one with not sure the return being sure. so great. Um, we'll we'll see on that one. That's but, right. Um, so was business kind of like always there like you you said that you sang mm-hmm. w- were you kind of like did you have any side hustles like growing up were oh, you yeah. doing anything Yo, oh, you yeah. did what oh, were you yeah. doing i mean i i was always that kid hustling the hood yeah you know? um cds I was, what are we talking uh, about no i mean i was never afraid to you know to to get my hands dirty so okay um you know pressure washing aerating yard i would i would go to you know, United Rentals or whatever, rent an aerating machine. You know, the things that poke holes in people's lawns to aerate the ground. That's right. I, I would rent the aerator for uh, you know, two hundred and fifty bucks for the weekend or mm-hmm. whatever, and I'd go and I'd make twelve hundred bucks. Love that. You know, aerating people's lawns and stuff. Um, you know, so I've always. You, six years old baking cookies with the neighbors and selling them <laughs> on the corner. You know? I love it. I love yeah. that story. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I've always just kind of had that, that fire. Mindset. Yeah. That, that kind of fire inside, um, you know, to, to get out there and get after it. And, you know, um, so there, there was kind of that aspect um, to just my, you know, overall mentality in life. Um but fast forward to, to your initial question, fast forward from my days at Bama, I wind up at Georgia Southern. I, I never finished school at Bama. Okay. Um, I, I, I left and I was running CVS pharmacies um, and managing CVS pharmacies. and Still uh, doing the music like management no, no, no. or no, you no. stopped? So uh, I, I was not in business in Tuscaloosa. Got you. I mean, I was just, you know, it, it was a... Uh, 
you know, booking some stuff for a buddy here, booking, you know, some stuff for a buddy, not, nothing serious whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when I came back to Southern to finish school um, that that I say my my business started. Gotcha. Um, you know, in the last semester um, of school at Southern, I, I ended up graduating 2015. You know, I formalized it. I set up the LLC, you know, bank accounts, yeah. the, the full nine. But it started back here. Uh, I was playing poker with a group of guys that I played poker with uh-huh. on occasion. Uh, one of them, uh, great, great musician, uh, great guitarist. Um, and just over small talk at the poker table, he said, you know, we have a, you know, I have a band, like I can't get booked anywhere. Mm. Um you know, and I told, you know, just jokingly told him about my days back at Bama and, you know, uh, and that spawned into, I, uh, he said, well, seriously, like, you know, can you try to get us some bookings? Um, and I took it and I I ran with it. And within a few weeks I had, you know, a dozen dates or so booked for, for his band. Um, after a couple months, one of the members of his band, uh, was in another band. Okay. Um, and they saw, I guess, what I was doing with with that first band, and asked if I would, you know, also help handle, handle yeah. their booking. Okay. So that, you know, just kind of snowballed into um, kind of freelance booking for several other acts, like just whatever I could get for them. You know, they they would, you know book some of their own stuff too, but sure. I would, you know, help, um, supplement. Would you be able to get like larger shows or, you know, I mean, that's where the frat stuff started. Gotcha. Um, I started making connections with, you know, fraternity social chairs here. Um, shout out SAE. They were okay. the first, the first, uh, fraternity that I, uh, worked with at George Southern. And uh, those are the, the, bookings for artists that can usually net them a little bit more money than like a bar gig or a club show. But from there, you know, just uh, really started, uh, I mean, every morning I'd wake up, you know, start sending emails, you know, uh, reaching out, you know, cold calling venue owners, talent buyers, managers of places. And, uh, and just really started working it, you know, this industry, I think is probably a little bit difficult to break into, right? Like in terms of like, you know, managing talent and getting them bookings. What what do you think kind of like led to your success? You know, I think my love of music and, and just the knowledge of, mm. uh, you know, what sounds good, you know, and, and what, uh, you know, from the marketing standpoint, what appeals to whatever demographic you're trying to appeal to, Mm. um, you know, I think was a good kind of foundation. Um, but uh, you know, I think when it comes down to it, work ethic is, you know, I feel like anybody that has a a strong work ethic, um, and is dedicated to something can find success. Mm. I mean, anybody can, can be successful. That's huge. You know? Um, so, uh, I think just that kind of tenacity, that drive, that like, okay, like I'm good at this, you know, um, how far can I take this? Yeah. You know? Um, so it went from, you know, those two bands to, I, I was booking a lot of stuff for Dingus. And finally, after I think the second semester of 
you know, probably booking 80% of the stuff that was in there. Uh Um, You know, shout out to David Lane and Herc. Um, You know, uh, Miss Steph, they they just, they gave me a a chance as kind of an outsider, not a Dingus employee, you know, which was a big thing. to uh, to handle their calendar and and book everything that they everything you know, they yep. gave you the com- complete control yep yep so I controlled their calendar. Um, what does music do for a venue? So we'll take it from every end of the spectrum. You know, look out at at you know one table in Dingus McGee's of you know a, a group of girls and guys who are arms around each other singing <laughs> singing along to a song. Sweet. Caroline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, to, uh, you know, uh, 2,500 people, mm-hmm. you know, cell phone lights out, singing every word of that artist's song. Um, you know, it's like a camaraderie. It's a escape life, you know. Type for, of moment. For, for, yeah, for, for a, you know, for a moment or for an hour or, mm. you know, whatever it may be. And, um and just enjoying life, you know? I mean, like that's, that's what I see most when I, when I look out into an audience is just smiles, singing along, you know, people having a blast. Um, and that's, that's something that'll never, never, ever get old, you know? Um, well, let's talk about something here. mm -hmm. Cause you know, there's obviously those moments there. Have you ever had any moments when like, you know, it doesn't connect where like the band that's playing that live you know, it has a, maybe a little bit more challenging time connecting with the audience. Yeah. Have you ever had those situations? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for how, sure. I mean, what do you do in that? Like, it's kind of like, yeah. how do you prevent that from happening? Right. Or? I mean, you know, not every booking, not every show is a win, mm-hmm. you know. Um, thankfully, like, take Blue Room, for example. Um, you know, we have had a, a, a good amount of success with with selling out shows and, and packing rooms out for artists and whatnot. But, you know, then you'll have those head scratchers like, you know, uh, just to name drop a few artists. Like I, I, I love uh, Drew Parker, mm. country artist, uh, Travis Denning, um, who have both had some radio songs and, and whatnot, um, you know, and I, I think warrant you know, a packed room, Yeah. you know, um, you know, but it, maybe it's a timing thing. Maybe it's, there's other stuff going on or whatever. Um, you know, so it, it, not every single show is, is, you know, a home run. Mm. Um, but I think just knowing your market, you know, knowing your demo, um, uh, taking in all that data and information, you know, and, and just making, yeah. yeah, and just making the best decisions that you can, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, if one doesn't go to plan, you, you just, you move on to the next one. What's uh kind of like the current state of, I guess, the taste in Statesboro? Um, what would you say? It's, it's definitely, um, I mean, it's a country music town. Mm. Um, I love, uh, a bunch of different genres really you uh-huh. know um and i honestly i i wish that uh that there was a more eclectic taste yeah. um you know um but if i just put in stuff that i wanted to see all the time sure. you know um it wouldn't do the business yeah, justice it, exactly yeah i mean it, it it probably wouldn't be great for business yeah um <laughs> you know and that's something that i learned pretty pretty quickly like in in you know booking shows um and that's where I've, I think, 
over the last several years, most of what I do in terms of a promoter, being a promoter now is country music. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that's the area that we're in, mm. that's the, you know, um, that's what people are most interested in, buying a ticket to see an artist for, um, you know, so we try to give people what they want. Makes sense. So, you know, let's get back to the story. We, we've kind of like, you've taken over the calendar at Dingus. How, mm-hmm. how are you feeling like during this period of time? Are you just like, man, this is awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, <laughs> definitely like I I think it was around then when that fire got lit you know Um, I in 2016 started booking for Barrel House South in Savannah okay Um, and I I still hold their calendar to uh, to this day Um, that was uh, a kind of a step up so I mean dingus I mean famous for George Southern. Anybody sure. that knows George Southern, yeah, they know, you know Dingus McGee's. Yeah. Um, so that was great for kind of the uh, the local Statesboro, uh, you know, connection uh, type thing. Um, Barrel House, like, had been known as, like, the music spot in Savannah. Mm. Um, so that was, I feel like, for me, the first time that I felt like, okay, you know, a venue that, you know, uh, is booking acts from all over the country that come through Savannah, you know, is trusting me to continue to bring in top-notch talent, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it, that's what I feel like kind of gave me some validation of like, okay, like, you know, I'm doing something right here. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, the entertainment industry is a huge network. Sure. You know? And, and that aspect of things is just super important. Yeah. And that's how uh, I got to know a lot more artists was just from booking them, you know, uh, at Barrel House or Dingus or both. Um, And, you know, just continuing the relationship from there, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So it, it, uh, that continued on Uh, by 2016, 2017, I was really, really, uh, I'd really networked hard in the Greek life world. Um, by twenty end of twenty seventeen, I was uh, full into doing sorority events as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first ones, Kappa Delta, formal like spring twenty seventeen. Um, you know, and we became a one stop shop for Greek life events. Gotcha. So I would literally sit down with social chairs. Um, and go over every aspect of the event. Uh-huh. And we would coordinate every aspect that they wanted our help with. Gotcha. Um, so finding the venue, um, renting tents, tables, chairs, uh, lining up catering, bar services, you know, just the whole nine. Entertainment. So they would just come to you and then everything would be handled by your team. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, entertainment, staging, production, whatever it may be. Um, Floaties. Or, yeah. yeah, whatever exactly. it is, like yeah. the, the bouncy houses, yeah. <laughs> everything, Flo- right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was uh, when I started to get into the sorority stuff along with the fraternity stuff, you know, we were probably doing at least 75% of Greek life events at uh-huh. Georgia Southern. Um, once I kind of had, had that foundation here, uh, that's when I, I really started to kind of work out from there. Um so started doing stuff at Clemson and UGA and um, 
uh, Alabama and Ole Miss. And <clears throat> how do you throw the perfect party? Oh man, great question. Um, you know, again, it, it's it's knowing your audience. Mm. Like, and that's what can be difficult about Greek life stuff is at each university, there's like the different vibe, mm. you know? Um, so from that point, I, I worked my way out to, um, uh, to making relationships out in Texas. Um, wow. So by 2018, Georgia Southern was my, uh, my biggest college market in terms of Greek life. Um, UT Austin was my number two. Wow. Um, so you were traveling out there? So I would go out to Austin like four times a year, mm -hmm. three or four times a year, um, and just meet with social chairs for two or three days. Um, and being able to make that face-to-face -face connection and, you know, uh, illustrate to them what we could do for them and, and whatnot was, uh, was an integral part of building those relationships. And, you know, that's... That's really when the Greek life stuff took off. Yeah, uh, you know, artists have represent. You know, once you get to a level, you have representation, an agent, management. You know, whatever. Um, you know, and being able to send in those uh, more substantial offers. You know, for artists, I think put me on the map with some of those uh, major agencies. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny, man, like we still will book an event here or there, um, you know, for a local city or an organization, whatever, that they just can't get a response from, you know, they, they can find the information online on, on who but this artist agent is, but mm -hmm. they just don't get a response. Mm -hmm. um, so building those relationships, you know, and that network to where, you know, I'd be able to get a response on an artist's availability, pricing, whatever, within an hour. Yeah. You know, and the client would be like, oh, my, you know, yeah. we've been trying for two weeks. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Um, so it, it the Greek life stuff really helped to kind of elevate, you know, uh, what I was able to do in the industry and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so the, the the perfect party, back to the question, I mean, it's just knowing, knowing your audience, yeah, knowing your audience and and delivering um, exactly what they want. Yeah, you know, um, I had a party in College Station at A and M um, the first Friday in November. I don't really book anything at, at Texas A and M that is not EDM. Mm. I mean, like that is that's what the they style. Want. Yeah, um, fascinating. Yeah, knowing that uh, what they wanted with their party. And, and we kind of establish budget up front and, um, and I'll usually bring them options that would put them under budget at their budget, or, uh, I'll even give them like a little, if you wanted to spend a little bit more, this is what you could get mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, I think like when it comes to, it depends on the entertainment you're putting in for what makes the perfect party, you mm -hmm. know, um, for an EDM act production the the experience yeah. is is a huge thing mm -hmm. i mean you went to edc that's right orlando this past weekend i mean their sets are insane that's right um you know and that's just part of the experience mm -hmm. you know um so i for that party in at a m at the beginning of the month like 
I, I put a production heavy package in front of them with CO2 cannons and flashing lights. <laughs> so, fire. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, no, fireworks. So I have done pyro. At, I have? At a Greek life. That's before. awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's really like knowing your audience and, and you know, I think the, the primary thing for uh, continuing to do business in Greek life, in the Greek life world, is that, you know, you have to deliver what it, what it is that they want. That's right. You know, or else they're going to go find somebody else that can't, that can, mm-hmm. you know. I would argue in any sort of business that's Absolutely, true. Absolutely. 100%. Right? Like right. You, you, your lifeline is your customers. If they're satisfied with the product, they'll yeah. come back to you. Know your customer. That's for right. sure. It applies to the Blue Room. Sure. You know, I mean, um, we opened up in 2018. We have been constantly evolving, updating, upgrading uh, since we opened. I love that. Know, um, I, I was joking with my wife last week that um, Kaleo, who's one of my partners, <clears throat> there was a point in time where you know I would have an idea for something and just just spitball it. Like I would just say, you know, well, what if we, you know, did X, Y, Z? Yeah. And then, you know, that we'll just kind of leave it at that. And then the next week, like, I would see some of our guys, like, ripping out walls or ripping out areas, like, and I, and I would be like, what's going on? And I'd be like, well, we're doing what you what you <laughs> told us <yeah>. to do. <laughs> I, I didn't. But, it, like, that's just kind of how... For a period of time, me and Alan Kaleo, like that's kind of how we operated. Was like, if there was something that we think could make the experience better for our patrons, mm. you know, then we're gonna do it. That's right. Um, you know, so it's a. Uh, we did a little bit of jump here. So you yeah. you kind of like started booking, uh, you know, across the country, mm-hmm. at multiple different kind of like places. How does Blue Room come along? Like, was that like something that kind of like just fell into your lap? It was an opportunity or what did that look like? So I believe it was 2016. I did my first promoter show in Statesboro. Okay. Um, what is now uh, Southern Social was once a place called Club 125. Okay. Okay. Um, hey, man, take it away back. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so that's when Gatto's was yeah. the other building across the lot. Um, so the same owner owned those two places at the time. I did a little concert series for Club 125 um, in spring of 2016, I believe. Um, now I think it's spring 2015. Mm. Um, and then I, you know, worked out a deal to, to rent the room for a night. I booked a country artist named David Nail, uh-huh. who had had a couple of radio songs. Um, I, I had some relationships going with Greek life organizations, you know, by that point. Um, and I, by that time, Club 125 had changed to Moonshiners. Okay. So um, I booked David Nail for Moonshiners, and uh, and we sold out. I uh, sold out my first show, um, and then from there, I just kept promoting shows in the market. Um, and Moonshiners shut down. Uh, I believe it was the the spring semester of 2017. So I 
had a relationship going with uh, South City Tavern, which mm-hmm. is where what, what the Blue Room once was. And they said, cool, yeah, if you want to bring in any shows here, you know, go for it. Yeah. Um, so I actually, they did not have a formal stage. I remember like, this. Yeah. I remember right, this. Right. Um, their backyard had a little eight by eight wooden platform in the back that had a little awning over it. And that was like their backyard <laughs> stage. So um, I actually budgeted into two shows that I had coming up that were supposed to be at Moonshiners that then they got shut down. That's right. So I had two shows that, that on the books confirmed with deposits down that didn't have anywhere to, to have the show. So, and these are national acts. Yeah. You know, Corey Smith was one of them. Uh, so I actually budgeted into the two shows and brought in a contractor and built out their outdoor stage uh-huh. so that we could have those two events so that the stage was large enough legit legit enough yeah <laughs> uh to to host those two shows there yeah um, how, how much time did you have like was it like three just months all three months yeah. oh so you did three have some time. time yeah it wasn't it wasn't super rushed um so well, anyways we we had those two shows um continued on fast forward South City, the the owners, they were opening up a business in Clemson, and um, and and they did not, they just didn't want to be in the Statesboro market anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they were not, they were not uh, regularly busy. Mm. If we would bring in a, a, an event in, those would be the busiest nights that they would that they would have. Mm-hmm. Um, so naturally, they pitched to me and said, "Well, you know, like you want to buy, yeah, yeah. buy the business, you know." Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like in, in life, um, you know, timing is, is, is a huge aspect in business. Um, it just didn't feel right. Mm. I I don't know. I, I can't really explain it to this day. You know, I feel like the, those gut feelings that you have is kind of like your conscience, uh, you know, uh, Do you feel like you weren't you, ready? Like, what what was it? Um, you know, no matter what I've done in business, like, it's you do it all the way, or or just just don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't think that I felt like I had, um, you know, the the capital to make it what I wanted mm-hmm. to make it. Um, at that point, you know. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I, Statesboro had gone through some, some stuff with some tragedy in, in the that. plaza and, and that in turn, uh, of course, you know, they were, Made it were tough. very strict lockdown on sure. the bar type of, you know, uh, I mean, it, it, it hurt attendance in Georgia Southern, hundred you know, um, so, uh, you know, the, the, that vibe was still kind of, you know, around and, um, you know, just didn't feel like the timing was right. So uh, a guy from Savannah came in and bought South City, um, turned it into the borough. That's right. Um, so I was able to continue that relationship. Still with, booking for them. Yeah, still putting in shows there. Got you. Yep. Um, did several of those, uh, you know, several more of those. Um, and then eight months in, they're just having a time, man. Like they, they just they can't get more than 20 people mm. into the place unless we're doing a big event there. 
Um, so that owner says, you know, I think it was eight to 10 months in um, to them owning the, that place. They said, we just were, this is not for us, mm. you know. Um, and he said, I remember to this day, he was like, I mean, you seem to have a knack for this, dude. Like, you know, everything that, that y'all have done for us has been awesome and, you know, want to buy it, you know, and. Did you feel ready at that point? So that's, it's it's so funny because, you know, you're talking about less than a year difference in, in, in time. You know, in time. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was like, okay, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I want to do this, sure. you know. Um, by that point, uh, you know, this is May 2018. Um, my Greek life business is, is just killing it. Yeah. Like, um, you know, flying out to Texas three or four times a year, doing three, $400,000 in, you know, in, in parties a semester. I mean, just crazy. You yeah. Know? Um, and, you know, after a few weeks of negotiating, we we kind of had things in place for what it would look like. But I had never had experience in the bar side. Gotcha. You know, like um, the events side, marketing, you know, marketing events and whatnot. Like, cool. No I problem got at that. All. Yeah. So by this time, I had... Uh, you know, started to form a, or I'd had a relationship with, and and uh, we had sort of become, you know, uh, closer uh, with Al Chapman, who owns Nats Landing in Del Sur, uh, or now Del Sur. At that time, it was just Nats Landing. That's right. Um, and uh, we had become friends enough to where the last few shows that um, that I had at the borough. You know, I invited he and his wife to come come out and hang out, to come see Old Dominion. And, yeah. you know, um, so we had just become tighter. Yeah. You know? um, Al had an awesome reputation for, for being a great, you know, business person in Statesboro, having, you know, uh, a restaurant slash bar that he took from uh, not being a very successful place to just a complete transformation um, and becoming an integral part of Statesboro. That's right. Um, you know, and, and I remember calling him and, and you know, because I kind of had the deal points in Figured place ready, yeah. you know. And the last show that he had come to that I invited him to, um, you know, one point in the middle of the set, you know, everybody's having a blast. The crowd's, you know, just loving it. Um, you know, I, I said, w- you know, we should do one of these, you know, like as in like a, a bar, a, yeah. a music venue, you know? Um, and he was like, I'm down, you know, and, and it was kind of left there. We didn't go in depth that or anything. And then I, uh, I called him after, uh, negotiating the stuff with the borough and, and I was like, so you ready? And he was like, what you talking about? Yeah. He, like, <laughs> he doesn't, he didn't, so, did he remember the conversation? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. for sure. I I, he, I, like... he just didn't know what I was talking about out of the blue, you know? Um, so I, uh, I was like, well, what, you know, let's, we can, we can buy the borough. Yeah. Um, so May uh, 2018, we signed the paperwork to, uh, to buy the borough, um, took over immediately, um, 
I had always, and I had pitched this to South City and the borough owners, I'd always had a vision for the way the room should be laid out. Yep. So uh, I think you even came to like some Orange Constant stuff, yeah, maybe like back when it was South City, the borough. Where the stage at is at right now used to be the entrance. The entrance. Yeah. The entrance. Right. And that was like one of the biggest things that I saw when I came in. I was like, wait, that looks completely different. Yeah. yeah. But it worked. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and so how did, how, did, how did that come about? Well, I mean, layout is everything when when you want to see a performer, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, so the way that they had it, there's a big square bar in the middle, which does not make any format in the room (laughs) easy. Right. But all the plumbing is is in there like every like that is not moving. That's right. Right. Yeah. Well, there's this upper area like, you know, in between, you know, the bar on one side, uh, there's this upper area that is. I don't know, four feet off the ground and had railing, you know, on the front end. Well, what we had to do for a couple of shows was we had to break the barrier to be able to remove it uh-huh. to make that upper area a state, an indoor stage. That's right. Um, it was not ideal. Not, not ideal convenient. It was no, just no. pain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not good. <laughs> So anyways, I'd, I'd pitch that idea to both owners, like, you know, I think you could very easily put the stage over there, you know, make a front door on the side, you know, and and then it opens up the whole room. That's right. You know, uh, the way the, I guess the room used to be a gym back in the day. It was. So, so when you used to walk through the old entrance, you would walk down two steps and you were on like a flat ground. And it was like that gym mat, rubber mat type, uh-huh. like flooring. <laughs> okay. uh, and then you'd have to take a couple, you would go 20 feet, 30 feet, and then you'd have to take two steps up to get to like the bar level, mm-hmm. right? So there's this like natural kind of pit area down there. And it just did not make, like, you're killing a fourth of the room. That's right. As the entrance. Yeah. Like, so, uh, it wasn't super difficult. Like, you know, I mean, we, uh, we framed out a stage and, and, um, those two doors still exist. What Mm -hmm. were the front doors? One is to the side of the stage. And then we added on to the front of the building to make, uh, artist green room, bathrooms, uh, our office now. Um, so that was just like the beginning of the transformation, you know, that happened. And, um, it just really opened up the venue and, and made it a lot better of an environment for having a performance. Do, do you remember kind of like stepping into it? I mean, I, I know you said that you were ready, mm-hmm. right? But in your mind, was there any like, hey, like hesitation? Like, am I making this the right decision? Like, how did you, I, I guess, can you take me back to that moment? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's it was so weird to to me and I think to other people that that none of these places had had success there. Mm. I mean, we're talking about as good of a location as you could get for a college town. I mean, you're across the street from the football stadium, two blocks down is Greek Row. Yeah, you know, student housing within walking distance all around you. Um, you know, yet these places couldn't pull a crowd, mm. you know, without some type of draw, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
so it, it was I think it was kind of baffling to a lot of people and why you know a place couldn't be successful there but at the same time like I was watching kind of the behind the scenes of these businesses and you know great people and whatnot but you know, nobody would nobody would would uh, market their business mm. in the bar scene or you know venue scene around here. You know, it just like it was kind of like a nobody cared type yeah. thing. Like we're gonna get the crowd, we're gonna get you know, um, and I, I guess we just saw so many areas of improvement. Mm-hmm. Like okay, if we if we can if we can do A, B, C, and D. Like that, that should that should result in you know being able to get people in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would have to bring in production rigs to have a sh- have a show there. Yeah, uh, no, neither of the places before owned their own speakers, lighting, all this stuff. Sure, and it's like it didn't make what, sense. College kids like they want to be entertained. Sure, you know, regardless of what it is. Um, so making that environment that you know, a college kid would enjoy, um, I think was, um, was one of the biggest, you know, focal points for us. Um, I was already integrated into the Greek life community. Um, Al, and, and then we brought in our third partner, Kaleo, um, like had the, the bar restaurant side on lock in terms of knowing, you know, exactly what needed to be done for it to, to run well. Um, we staffed up just an awesome team, mm. had a great GM out of the gate. Shout out Parker Newhart. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it just, it was like, that's when it, you know, really became apparent to me, like the timing was just perfect. Mm. You know, um, you know, I was doing my thing, hitting on all cylinders. They were really, really starting to take off with Nats becoming like, the spot the spot um you know shortly soon after that del sur came along and and took them to even another level in the restaurant game um i continued to to grow on the entertainment side and and started doing the promoter thing outside of statesboro um you know 20 2019 um Doing Grayson Stadium shows in Savannah at the baseball at the Bananas yeah. Stadium, um, Luke Combs, John Party, awesome. Chase Rice, Kane Brown, um, you know, and, and just uh, that's really uh, when things exponentially, you know, really mm-hmm. took off, um, you know, as a whole. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, this story has been fascinating. I think there's a lot of advice that you can offer, kind of like the people that are listening. Um, I think first off, like, you know, from the artist side, let's say that, you know, there's maybe like some people that are, you know, that want to become artists. Mm -hmm. What advice would you have for them? You know, I think authenticity is a is a super important thing in in the entertainment industry. you know, I think you scroll through like TikTok or something, and if it doesn't grab your if it doesn't grab your attention, if it doesn't pull you in, mm-hmm. if it's not unique in any way, uh, it's going to be very hard to stand out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, having your own style and um, 
kind of brand. Mm-hmm. You know, being a being an artist, being a musician, I mean, you you are creating a brand. Yeah. You know, and, and just like any other product, you know, it has to be something that the customer wants. Yeah. And, and you have to be giving the customer something that they're not already getting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always said content is king. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in entertainment especially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do these these artists blow up so quickly. It's the content that they're putting out there, you know. Um, so I think just kind of being true to yourself, you know, being authentic, uh, whatever that looks like. And you're going to have to work as hard as, as every other artist out there, mm. you know. Um, there are a lot of things in our day and age that make it easier but at the same time with, you know, in terms of like technology and social sure. media and being able to, you know, you could post a video this morning and then by tomorrow it's viral yeah. and your life has changed. Yeah. You know, I know a couple of guys like, like that in the music world who, you know, uh, one video or song changed their, changed their trajectory mm-hmm. in, in, in life. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, because it's so easy it floods the, you know, it yeah. floods social media with everybody trying to do it. And, and thus, it makes it harder to stand out and to, you know, um, to set yourself apart from the rest. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, uh, it makes that, that authenticity and brand even more important, you know. Um, what about the, from the promoter side? Let's say that somebody has interest in, you know, being a promoter. How would you advise them to get in? Don't do it. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> um, you know, it is uh, a couple of my buddies in Florida, you know, about a year and a half ago now, like said, like he was a musician and uh, was no longer in a band and he owned a bunch of production stuff and wanted to get in the event world, you know, and promoting. And, and I was just like, dude, it, it, you know, I mean, me as a promoter, it, it's still like I, I have other things that supplement, you know, uh, how how I and my family survive, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Is it kind of like the ups and downs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's ebbs and flows like, you know, spring of 2021 coming out of COVID, like events starting to happen again. Uh, we literally could not not sell out a show. Mm-hmm. I mean, every show was just sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out, um, because people were like longing for Wanting. live music again <laughs> and entertainment, and um, you know. But take it to this past semester, you know, the economy being what it is, uh, people really having to uh, be smart in making decisions and how they spend their money, and. Um, you know, so people are, are more so like picking and choosing which events they want to go to. And instead of maybe going to all three, they have to choose one that they want to go to. Yeah. Um, so it's just you get that in the promoter world, like, you know, a bunch of artists on the rise that are hot that everybody wants to see more tickets sold. Then they get too big. So they're too big for your room and whatnot. And then you like not as that. many artists on mm-hmm. the rise. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just... Um, there's a lot of different facets to it, but it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, it, it's, uh, 
And I think for me personally, that's where it's like I've kind of found my niche, you know, in, in our area at least with being that country music has the highest level of success mm-hmm. for our area. Um, I did plenty of events that that did not make money, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to do all kinds of genres and stuff. Uh, and I think that was part of the trial and error that got got me to the point of knowing what you know, people want what what works and whatnot so yeah what about kind of like advice for you know it, it is very alluring like you know this the the club business the the yeah. the bar business right um what about for like you know advice for people that have interest in you know uh a venue the guy before uh the guy that owned the borough which is right before the blue room mm-hmm. Uber successful dude. Um, yeah. One of the biggest trucking companies in the Southeast, uh, maybe even East Coast. Um, and thought that, and these are his words, not mine, thought that this could kind of be like a, a side hobby, you know, um, playground for him and his friends yeah. or, you know, whatever. Um, and it's just, he realized, I think, that if he's not attacking this bar business like he did his trucking company, mm. then it's a waste of time. And I think that's the realization that he you know, came to. Um, so if uh, I'd say to anybody that, you know, that has an idea or a product in mind for a bar or venue and, um, and, and you can go 110% at it and, um, you know, and develop that, um, you know, by all means do yeah. it, you know? Um, I think location is of massive, uh, you know, importance when it comes to a bar or music venue. Um, you know, but it, it, it I think a lot of people, you know, I hear a lot of people say to me, man, you have the, the best job in the world. Like, that's so awesome. Like, you know, you get to hang out with the artists and and it's like... They don't see, they don't see they the... Don't see they don't see it. it. They don't see it. The you blood, know. sweat, tears, yeah. that, you know, the yeah. countless hours, the up worrying at night. Oh, like. absolutely, yeah. And I had an event in Orlando at the end of October with Walker Hayes and uh, several other country artists. And... Uh, Literally, I, I I wanted to like type a post out about just my day in a nutshell, like just kind of to show an illustration of, um, I mean, I'm I'm managing four artists and their team. So Walker Hayes alone, they had 40 people in their team, uh, oh in their in their crew. Yeah, um, four buses or three buses and a semi. Yeah, is what they travel in. Um, and then the other four, other uh, four artists combined had another twenty-two people total. Mm-hmm. Um, so sixty people that that I'm responsible for in terms of from the time that they arrive, park their buses, getting the bus drivers to their hotels, <laughs> breakfast for sixty, lunch for sixty. And you're handling 60. all of this. Yeah, yeah, every aspect. Um, I have an awesome assistant, uh, Joey, who's working with me. Um, he's, he was on site with me and then we had another, uh, three people, you know, on our team working. Um, we coordinate their ground travel, meaning like anything that they do, once they park those buses, we're responsible for taking them to where they need to go. Hotels, mm-hmm. you know, uh, store, the Walmart, like wherever, whatever. Maybe. So it's literally like, 
as I get the ground transportation requests in, I've got a note just going in my phone. And it's like, I've got two runners for the day uh-huh. with two vans. Uh-huh. So it's like, it's logistics and scheduling on the fly of like, okay, I've got six people going here at, at 12 o'clock. You know, these four people need to be picked up from this location at, you know, at 1220, you know. And it's just as the requests come in, like figuring out, okay, who can do this? How, okay, how would make it happen? This artist goes off stage. They need to get to the airport ASAP you know, have the van waiting side stage for them so they can get in the van and go to the airport, you know, just from, you know, 7 a.m. until the event is over 11 p.m., 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. Um, you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's <laughs> like it's part of it, you know, but it uh, it is not, the most fun part of the job and it, and it's not uh it's not the most rewarding part of the job um and it's definitely the stuff that people don't see mm-hmm. um you know but that's just you know it's just part of it and there's so many levels of of uh of the entertainment aspect you know you have to make your customer and the patrons and stuff happy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you're not gonna have a business if you don't continue to, That's right. you know, strive to make those people, you know, make sure the environment is great, they have a great time. Um, but the artist side is just as important, you know, taking care of their team, showing them hospitality, you know, the entertainment industry is a big word of mouth industry. You know, after a few years of the Blue Room, you know, thankfully, like, we had such a great team and environment uh, that every time an artist would leave, they're telling Other people, all their yeah. musician friends. You got to go agent, play. Yeah. Like, Dude, it's, there's something special about Statesboro. Um, you know, and it's uh, there's just so many different levels to it. And you got to try to keep everybody happy, you know, and everybody um, just taken care of, you know. What's but, what's coming up next? We we've got a handful of things in the works. Gotcha. Uh, you know, we uh, are closing on the the property next door to the Blue Room um, this month. Um, so there's a, a big just open grass lot in between us and the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so more room, you know, is is great. Um, there's there's a lot of different things that we could do with with you know having that space um so we're kind of working through that and figuring out what's best for us and what could be best for statesboro um you know and just continuing to kind of uh make sure that uh we're delivering the the highest quality product that we can for you know for our blue room patrons and um, continuing to bring in the, the top-notch talent and uh, just, you know, continuing to keep it rolling. If you had any uh, advice for entrepreneurs out there leave them to, to leave them with, what would it be? I would say, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, there are so many aspects of it that uh, – that can be so rewarding and um, and make the grind and the hustle so worthwhile. 
Um, like, I don't, I don't think that my life would be nearly the same today if not for like that entrepreneurial spirit of wanting to um, find that success for myself and thus my family, you know. Um, time is something you, you, you can't get back, mm. you know. Um, and being able to, in a sense, make my own schedule um, or make sure that I'm at the, the three-year-old's fall party on a Friday at 2 p.m., mm. Or being able to go see family, you know, during the week, um, you know, at Christmas time, uh, things that, you know, that I see some of my friends only being able to get, you know, two, maybe three days at Christmas to do their traveling and see their family and whatnot. Um, you know, I think there's aspects of being an entrepreneur and, and your own boss that, you uh, that you just can't buy, mm. you know, I mean, um, but with that, you know, uh, years of, you know, of busting, busting your butt, <laughs> to to get to that point to mm -hmm. where, you know, you feel okay taking a Friday afternoon off or, you know, or, or hopping in the car for three or four days during the week. Um, you know, so it's, I would say, uh, whatever you're passionate about, you know, go all in. Mm. And, uh, and I think that anybody can, uh, anybody can be an entrepreneur, you know, um, you have to have that passion, that belief that it can work, um, and that you're filling a need for, for somebody. Mm. Um, and, and just believe in it, believe in yourself and, you know, go for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, I heard older guys uh, tell me when I was younger, you know, don't do something that that you can't stand, mm. you know. And I got to a point where I had not finished at Bama. I was managing CVSs. I was not happy, you know. I, I was not enjoying life. Um, I was just in that monotonous, like, grind yeah just the you know same thing every day um you know to the point where i am now following my dreams going after it um you know and doing things that i love you know working with people that i love um and most importantly having you know um having the ability to to you know take care of family and and live life with them so i love that yeah william what i want to thank you for coming on to the show thank you for everything that you've done no doubt for kind of like you, the audiences that come to your shows uh statesboro just in general and like you know that's it's just such an inspiration that this has been your journey um there's so many parts of the story that i didn't even know yeah. uh but had a wonderful time learning about it likewise man thank you for uh for having this platform for you know local business owners and um entrepreneurs you know i think this is how markets can grow and um and i think that you've just done an amazing job of cultivating that kind of vibe and scene here um so thank you appreciate it no doubt cool man <laughs>